What's up, everybody? Let's spin some yarn. So I uh, I got to go to uh, basically like a leadership development talk today. Uh, I mean, it was more geared towards just like a chief's call with one of the fleets, but um, it was it was cool in that uh, lately. I mean, I just talked about it recently. Uh, I've been seeking out more leadership development, and I was given the opportunity to do that, and barely made it. <laughs> I had some other stuff I had to do today that took me off base. And then I got back in time to, uh, to be there for that. And I'm glad I did. There's a lot of really good information put out. Uh, a lot of it was focused on sailor 2025 and kind of what that is and, and how it's developing and all the amazing programs that are going to, uh, roll out in the next few years and how that's going to affect the Navy. And it was very interesting. Uh, a lot of it, um, interlaced with my next full episode, which is going to be the Navy app locker, um, on kind of how that, affects it. And I'll roll that all into that outline so that you guys get that information as well. I was pretty, I was pretty excited that he put out information regarding that because then I can, now I can use it. Um, so that was cool. But of all the things he talks about, he talked for about an hour, uh, and very passionate speaker. Uh, I thought it was really cool. I had heard really good things, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to be there. Um, and one of the, the things he, he talked about was in relation to recruiting goals, and retention and manning. He was, he was kind of talking about all of those things in, in different spots. And one of the things he said that jumped out at me and I immediately wrote it down was in relation to how unique we are in, in that, like the kind of like the group of people that uh, we have serving. And, and he was, he was talking a little bit about like the, the generational stuff like millennials and Gen Xers. And I think they're called centennials now, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But uh, he, he made a comment like, we take all comers. If you meet the requirements, we have a program for you. And he looked at everybody in the room and he's like, Chiefs, drive this. This is yours. And it struck me hard in that with everything that's kind of been going on in my head lately and the things that I've seen and experienced since I've started this project, one of the things that's changed in me the most is the understanding that like we take all comers they're all important it doesn't matter where they are it doesn't matter if you like them or not it doesn't matter if they rub you the wrong way or if they're not performing at the level that you think they should or they're not on your program or responding to your leadership style or doing the things that fit your cookie cutter mold of what a sailor should be It only matters that they're a sailor, that they're wearing the uniform to work, and that it's our job, whether we like it or not, whether in that moment it's enjoyable or not, whether it's hard, whether it's fun, or whether we think in that moment based on our humanity and just frustration, whether or not we think they deserve it or not. One of the things that I say to new chiefs and I write it in their book, and I've said it at multiple pinnings when they've been silly enough to put another microphone in front of my face, is every single sailor is absolutely entitled to the best possible chief you can be. Entitled. There is no middle ground there. There's no room for negotiation. They don't gotta earn it. They did that. They paid the price of admission when they signed on the dotted line, successfully completed all the requirements we put in front of them, and then we put a Navy ball cap on their head. It's a promise we made to them the day we put that ball cap on their head. 
It's over. They paid the price of admission. You owe them. If you haven't heard that yet, surprise. You owe them. It's part of what we sign up for as chiefs when we go through the initiation process. When we find ourselves in that situation where we're so excited and we've got the goosebumps and we feel like we've arrived and those anchors are feeling real light. Guess what? Entitled from that day until it's over. And, and when I say it's over, you all know how I, I, how I feel about that. What I believe about that. It's over when I'm dead. <laughs> My responsibility will never end. I will always, until I'm old gray and can barely speak, and even after that, will be available for sailors. Always. I'm going to be one of those rickety old men you see in the videos in a wheelchair, still like being a big bucket of hoo out there doing whatever I can do to contribute. Because they're entitled to it. The, the really interesting perspective that he had was... He said, don't believe everything you read, right? And I agree with him in a lot of ways in that, you know, where I say, I don't think the Chiefs mess is broken and I don't think the Chiefs mess is the problem. However, I think there are problems. But he highlighted things like 77% retention in the last year. We recruited 38,000 sailors, which exceeded our goal. We actually were recruiting so efficiently we had to lower the goal. And he's like, you know, we get a lot of grief for the failures and we take that, right? We take responsibility for it because it's ours, it's our cross to bear, right? We take that responsibility because it's ours, because we own it, because we're chiefs. He's like, we also can take credit for the fact that we have the best retention and the best recruiting of all the four services with less recruiters than we've had. And that, that's saying something. So the number one reported reason for sailors separating from the Navy, leadership. But guess what the number one reason reported for retention is? Leadership. So 77% retention credits you as leaders for that retention. So he's saying like, it's the sky's not falling. It's not all wrong. There are a ton of strong leaders, outstanding chiefs out there doing it right every day. But and there's always a but. What has developed in me the most as I've I've continued to study myself, continued to to develop myself and be developed by others as a leader and especially as I've continued to kind of analyze everything that I can digest with the bandwidth that I have as I've stepped through this project over the last three plus years is that there's never a sailor that is too far gone. There is never a sailor that doesn't deserve our attention and effort. There's never a sailor who is so far outside the lifelines that we can't pull them back in, whether they end up separating whether they end up in legal trouble whether they punched me in the face this morning I like it doesn't matter until they take this uniform off and then even beyond that entitled to the best possible chief I can be for them and I've been trying to work on this 
because I feel like even like I champion this concept and I say it, but I feel my own humanity in these situations and, and I immediately start the self-flagellation when I feel myself slipping. When I feel myself judging a sailor for, name it, something stupid, something that doesn't make sense and something that doesn't align with this concept, I immediately start beating myself up and I'm just like, no, like what can you do better? What can you do differently? What can you fix? There's moments where I walk by sailors that I I have this weird tingle in my in the back of my neck and I'm like I feel like they need to talk to somebody and, I, and then I don't and I immediately start beating myself up about it. The worst thing they can do is say, "Nah, senior, I'm good." <laughs> and then I keep it moving. But an example I'll give you about kind of like the way that I've been working on it and and selfishly I get so much out of this. But there was a junior sailor recently that was at the same command as me, and uh, he was a pretty soft-spoken kid. He worked for me for a little bit. Uh, I have a lot of people from different divisions and work centers come work for me uh, as FSAs, right? And he spent some time working for me, worked really, really hard. Uh, nothing but great things to say about this kid. Did an amazing job and a really, he was doing trash and it was just, God, like so disgusting. If you have any concept of what it is to dispose of trash on a submarine, this guy was doing it. He did it for a long period of time. He did it with zero complaints and he did it better than anyone I've ever seen in, in my entire career. Um, just crushed it. Seems like low level stuff, but I mean, it means a lot to me. Uh, with another headache I don't got to worry about and just crushed it. Every single level of his chain of command had nothing but great things to say about him at his captain's mast. His captain's mast was for a positive drug test for cocaine. It's super easy to write a guy like that off, to absolutely destroy him because he didn't live up to the the standards because he didn't embody honor courage and commitment because he betrayed a trust because he violated his integrity and all those things are true he did those things and accountability happened that captain's mast he got the book thrown at him and obviously is getting separated after the legal process finishes because that's, you know, zero tolerance. But after accountability happens, it's like we hold a grudge. And I've I've been coming to the conclusion for a while now and now I'm very passionately on this side of the fence. It's like, okay, he did a thing. Accountability happened for that thing. He spent years doing really great things. He's still wearing the uniform. He's still a sailor. Accountability already happened. Why do we continue to punish him? And everybody acts like he's a leper now. And so I met another sailor and a prior student of mine uh, at the base galley for lunch one day. Uh, She's about to transfer and uh, wanted to kind of touch base with me before she did. So I met her there, and as I was walking in to meet her, uh, I saw this young man in line with all the other restriction kids, right? Their red badges. And I immediately walked up to him, because we made eye contact, and he, like, didn't know what to do. Like, he didn't know if I'd talk to him or not. I'm like, 
what's up, man? And I shook his hand. I said, how's it going? And he just, like, he kind of didn't know what to do with himself. It's going fine, senior. And he's like, what do they got you doing? Like, where are you at? How's everything going? Are you, are you all right? Do you need anything? And we just, you know, probably had like a three minute conversation where I just checking in on him. It's like, all right, man, well, if you need anything, come by the office and find me. Just making sure that they understand, just making sure that he fully understands that he's not out in the cold, that that commitment never expires. It never goes away. I've told stories about other guys that were getting processed out where I like helped them get jobs or helped like the commitment never goes away. The, the pact like never expires, but also like, and, and I'm telling you, there are seldom better feelings. And that's what I mean by the selfish part I mentioned earlier. Like I've seldomly felt better than when I've gone out of my way to make sure that sailor is okay, to touch base with one of those sailors, to make sure they know they're not on an island and they're not by themselves and that they're not excommunicated. And I and I feel like we do that a lot. And not just with punitive issues, right? With with oddballs, with freaks, with people with quirks, people that have come from backgrounds that we don't understand that are not performing to the level that we think they should that are not pulling their weight right like it's they're all leadership problems and they're entitled to your leadership to help them come up to whatever metric is is causing you to feel that way about them like we take all comers from every walk of life from every background with whatever context, baggage, challenges, handicaps, strengths, talents, whatever story they have, they come with, it all comes with them. And that's the challenge and beauty of leadership is that you get to navigate that. You get to take it apart and decrypt it and solve the puzzle and help lead them to the place that those top performers are. But you don't get to decide that they're not worth the same kind of effort. You don't get to decide that they're not worth the pain of of bringing them up to that level. I just I refuse to believe that there's a such thing as a lost cause. There is a such thing as a human being that makes a series of bad decisions that will eventually lead to them getting separated from the Navy. Accountability absolutely has to happen as this unfolds. If you can't reach them and they continue to make these decisions as you lead them as effectively as you possibly can, there are consequences to their decisions, right? I'm not I'm not asking you to own their like adulthood. I'm not asking you to take on the responsibility of their decisions, right? That's theirs to bear. That needs to be explained to them during whatever counseling sessions and accountability that happens, but it's their, it's their burden and they get to deal with whatever consequences come. But again, even if the anvil falls on their head from that accountability, accountability happens and that, but that commitment never goes away. They still need you. They still need you. They needed you then. They needed you now. They're going to need you after they separate. They're going to need you as they transition into the civilian world. Like, like I had a guy pop for marijuana and it was, you know, he thought the same thing. He thought we were just going to abandon him. And 
uh, I just I went out of my way to make sure he understood that he's still part of the family, even though he screwed up and we're disappointed that he screwed up and it hurts that we're losing him. Not just because he's somebody that we're attached to, but also it hurts the division because now they got to pull his weight, right? They got to plug that gap, but just made him understand that we're there still. And then all the way through, like as he transitioned into the civilian world, man, I'm like, you need a reference. You need anything. You just need somebody to talk to always here. And I, and I really passionately believe this. And when, when he, the fleet said that at the, we take all comers, if you meet the requirements, we have a program for you and that chiefs are responsible for this. It just struck a chord with me, something that I've been thinking about in little pieces as this project has developed for me. And it's one of the things that has changed the most about my outlook is I kind of used to be sort of on the other side of the fence. But then as I saw some of this stuff happen, it just felt wrong. Like, what if I found myself in some kind of crazy situation? What if I made a bad choice and I caught a DUI? It's probably the most common screw up. Or like I, I was out in town and something escalated and I got in a fist fight and got charged with assault. Does it make me a bad person? Not necessarily. Made a mistake, right? It happens. I was at court with one of my guys today because he made a mistake. Doesn't make him a bad person. He's not going home for it. And, and the just showing up and being there for his court date, I can tell it resonates with him. So just understand it. I, I guess I... That's kind of what I'm trying to drive home. The point being that the commitment never ends. There's never an exception or an asterisk or or some kind of like valid reason to give up on someone. The dichotomy being, obviously, that accountability is real and there are consequences to people's actions. And I 100% am on board with that. And if anybody ever wants to discuss it, hit me up. I'll absolutely talk through it conceptually, but what the, what I'm trying to drive home is that I think sometimes we just go too far into the right with this like emotional attachment that we add on to the accountability process. Like, nah, it's it's an accountability process. It's math. <laughs> they did X. The punishment is Y. The the follow on consequences are Z, and that's it. <laughs> like, you don't get to continue punishing them because you just don't like them anymore because they screwed up and they're getting processed out of the Navy. It doesn't turn them into some kind of like persona non grata. It's not a thing. It's not written anywhere. It's not in the UCMJ. It's not real. That's us being human and being bad at it. <laughs> so don't do that. I guess is what I'm, I guess is kind of the moral of the story. And again, if you feel differently, I'd love to talk about it. Like always, if you need anything from us or you want to discuss something like this, hit us up. Don't give up the shit podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us at don't give up the shit podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram at DGUS podcast. Uh, and I'd love to talk through it with you. It just, I don't know. It struck me. It's not like it was kind of a conglomeration of a lot of things. A lot of those, all those little stories I just relayed, all these little things I've seen happen. I've seen other people do. I've seen them at DRBs where guys just want to pile on and, and like add insult to injury because they feel like it's the thing to do. And it's like, what are we here for? It's not that, you know, and it doesn't always happen. I've definitely been at DRBs where, it, you know, we spent the whole time building the guy up, but it was like, we almost predetermined the outcome where we were like, we think we can save this guy. You know, like I think what this is how this is going to happen, yada, yada. Right. But the other guys, it's like 
you know, especially guys that we already know the outcome being like a drug case. We already know this guy's getting kicked out of the Navy. So when we go into DRB, it's almost like we just want to punch him in their face on the way out the door. It's like, for what? Like, what are we doing for them? What are we doing for us, right? It's like it or not, that sailor becomes a veteran regardless of their discharge status or their code or whatever. And then they go out and tell people all about their experience. Think about what an ambassador someone would be if they got kicked out on a drug charge and you went out of your way with them being that, with them being that discharge code, with them being that scenario, them getting charged with something, convicted, processed out of the Navy, on restriction, going home with limited to no benefits, etc. And you were with them every step of the way and you never let them go and you were always there and you're still there and you're a reference for whatever job they were able to get, which they're super fearful they can't get because they screwed up and they've always heard those horror stories about how they're just going to pull the rug out from under you and kick you outside the front gate and take your ID card away. Think about what an ambassador that sailor is going to be. Think about what they're going to say about chiefs outside of the Navy. Think about that. It's a pretty powerful impact. I'm done ranting now. (laughs) That's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't give up the ship. 